Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. Welcome back, everybody. We are starting season two of our podcast, and I can tell you, we learned a lot from all our mistakes on season one, and we're steady working through equipment failures, Still even at the beginning of season two. <laughs> And uh, I hope y'all got some patience with us as we're going to continue to learn and grow this thing. Uh, and today, I guess I should say I'm joined by my lovely wife, Candace. How are you doing today, baby? I'm good. Just good? Yeah, it's hot out. It's it's kind of hot in here, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it's just hot. Well, it's we Mississippi have a, heat. We have a 114 heat index. I mean, so what do you expect? Hot. Hot. That's right. Hot. And so, as yeah, our little girl says, our hot. little girl would say, hot. <laughs> That's it. Um, you know, we're not doing much cooking right now. They're filming. We've already pre-recorded a few cooking videos for the next you few weeks. You don't want to sweat? It's so hot. I don't think it's very appealing to people to see me sweating in their in food. In the food, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, when we first started, we used to film right through July and August, the hottest parts of the year, and you'd wipe sweat from my face and all that before dripping true the love. food. And that was true love there was <laughs> yeah. not anymore true love with that food that deep but now you know getting a little recording down in the morning time before it turns hot and turning back some shorter videos just what we have to do right now uh works a lot better you know one big thing that we've got coming up is we're finna leave on a trip in a couple of days i know and so we haven't ever we're, at, we're going to key west haven't ever been to key west um been to a lot of tropical places but not Key West. We're going to Baron Burton's Rub and Tug Invitational. And for you guys who don't know Baron Burton, those are the W Sauce founders, the America's Worcestershire sauce. And I will tell you, I love it. I use a 64 ounce half gallon jug at home. Yeah. Uh, it's a great marinade, uh, finishing sauce, goes in gravies. It does everything. I Butter. love it. But one big thing about this whole fundraiser is for pediatric brain cancer in Key West. And so it's the first year of it, but they brought together a lot of people. Yeah, I think a lot of people kind of quickly, because I think they kind of thought up this event and they wanted to do it soon in, a, in peak season of, you know, fishing and lobstering and that kind of stuff there in Key West and I don't think they had a lot of time, but they've done a really good job with the time that they did have. So I, they've brought, you know, several people, you, Matt Pittman, Stale Cracker. I don't remember. I mean, the list goes Cosmo, on and on. Dave Williamson. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a whole list you can look at on Mel their from Dark website. Side of the Grill. Who else? Um, Lots of people. <laughs> yeah. It's more than that. I can't remember them all. Yeah. Uh, I know a few people couldn't attend this year, like Tuffy or Malcolm. They already Chad's had Chad's going to be there. Chad Ward's going to be there. Um, it, it should be an all-around good time. Yeah. Um, and so it's just going to be. So it's I, like a three-day event. Three-day event. I feel like we need to talk. First day, we're going to be deep-sea fishing. you got your own little team. Each of us going to be going up against one another. The, the fish are worth different points for whatever we catch. I think we got to set hours out on the water. Everybody does that morning. Uh, and then we come back, and, uh, of course, they assess the fish, and we skin them and clean them and do all that kind of good stuff. I'm and not cleaning fish. Y'all can no, do that. No, you're not. And then we're going to cook some fresh fish. Yeah. Uh, the next day, we're going to get up and go lobster diving, catch some lobsters, and we were told that we're going to have uh, grills set up on a, on 
on an island and that we're going to cook Gassan. lobsters and some of the fish we caught the day before and and uh, and just hang out and enjoy cocktails. some cocktails. <laughs> uh, and then the last day we're going to cook some Wagyu beef and some, Work. I think RC Ranch is providing some Wagyu beef. We're I think that's what he said. Compart pork. I know Jim Compart provided some of the pork there. Uh, so it should be a phenomenal time for some of the VIPs. So if anybody's going to be in Key West in the next few days, yeah. uh, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday is going to be a great time down there next week. So it, it, it should this be, week, like I week. said, phenomenal. Or should I say the end of the week, uh, yeah. you know, when this podcast airs. So last but not least, we a couple of weeks ago, we were able to get a podcast film with Baron Burton. And so – Let's roll into that right now and introduce Baron Burton. Hey, guys, we got the W Sauce guys coming to us from Florida right now. We've got them live on camera. How are y'all doing today, guys? Good. How are you doing? Good, good. So we got Burton and we got Bear. I want everybody to know who Burton and Bear is. So tell us a little bit about y'all selves. All right. You want to go first? Yeah, no. Yeah. Guy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, a fish, <laughs> I'm a fishing guy in Key West, Florida, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I'm Burton. Uh, I live up in Bradenton, uh, Bradenton, Florida. Started this business down here in Key West, but uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately, the business blew up, but unfortunately, you couldn't run it from Key West, so I had to move up to the mainland. So, yeah, we started down here where we're at right now in Key West, but uh, somebody had to go. Somebody had to go, we'll, and this we'll, guy's got to fish every day, we'll, so I had to go. We'll get him back one of these days. <laughs> So kind of tell us the story. I, I read the story on your guys' website, but I'm sure that everybody hasn't taken the time to go read that story. So kind of tell us how you guys. Well, Bear and I have been friends for a long time. We were down here in the Keys during uh, quarantine, and I owned a big fishing tackle manufacturing company, and he was a fishing guide. And um, the uh, when you make fishing tackle, pretty much all comes from overseas. And uh, if you know anything about quarantine, what happened during that time with covid um, overseas shipping went from $3,200 a container to $30,000 a container. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to have to shelf this business because couldn't afford to really bring in product anymore. Um, we had the sauce that my family's been making for a hundred, hundred years, multi-generational. And every time I'd go home to St. Pete and come back to Key West, I'd bring a bottle for bear who would promptly eat a 750 milliliter bottle in about three days. <laughs> so he's, he's the big guy over here. And, uh, he loved it. So he's like, oh, we should bottle that sauce. He asked me a couple of times, we should bottle the sauce and finally started working on it and uh, got a process authorization from the, uh, from the FDA and put it in a bottle. Well, before we put it in a bottle, we picked up 68 grocery stores in Louisiana. Yeah. They tasted it once. They tasted our sample stuff and loved it so much. They put it in there and bought our entire, entire first batch. And it's been like strapping ourselves to a meteor ever since. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we were going to like sell it the keys, you know what I mean? Start small. Farmers you know, markets, yeah, that, sort of, that sort of stuff. And then, uh, it's yeah. Been, yeah. It's been a good time ever since. I didn't even have a chance. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, it's like one day W sauce wasn't around and then the very next day it's like, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. That, it's it like, okay, I got to get some of this. And actually Malcolm got it in at his shop. I wasn't able to order any. Y'all were out online. And yeah. he got it in at his shop, and I drove to Hernando that day to grab some bottles of it to try. And That's it, awesome. And, of course, y'all know we order it direct from y'all now by the half gallons and gallons, and I keep yeah. a half gallon in the pantry. The little bottle don't do enough for me. <laughs> I'm awesome. the same way. Yeah, it's a, 
it's cool to see it go. I grew up watching my grandma make it when I was in diapers, you know, so I've, it's been something that my family's made for friends and family forever. Just like we give it away every Christmas. We make a batch here, a batch there. And uh, I always grew up hearing one day we're going to put that in a bottle. And man, it went in a bottle and it went everywhere. Like I said, it's been like strapping ourselves to a meteor. We've been you know, came out with the new breakfast sauces and they've done really well. So it's been it's been a fun ride. Yeah, that breakfast sauce has got a little bite to it. Even yeah. the breakfast sauce too has got a little. Bit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I think it's just like just getting started. I'm like, you know, I got really high heat tolerance. Burton doesn't really, so it's like we try to find like the middle ground. And I'm like, it's just starting to get hot. Like, I can, I can almost get it. You know, yeah. my yeah. father-in-law loves hot too, and we give him a bottle of both of them, right? And he yeah. come back and he said, "I thought you said one of them wasn't spicy. And I said, <laughs> you said you liked hot." And so he's like, well, they're good, but damn, that's a little warm. Yeah, it's all, it's all coming from a Florida pepper, a daddle pepper, which is really mild um, normally. And, you know, it's, we, yeah, we, we don't add anything more to it. But, yeah, daddles aren't typically that hot. But oh, to me, it's not that hot either. Yeah. Oh, maybe we gotta maybe we got to tone it down a little bit. So you got your initial pop of the 68. Uh, I'm assuming that's Roush's, right? Yep. I was listening to another podcast. I think you were on uh, Burton and uh, with Dave Williamson, and yeah, I happened across it on the internet. You were talking about meeting uh, what Donnie Roush at the on a pier yeah. competition or something in Louisiana. No, we met Donnie Roush down here in Key West, and uh, we 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 had a chance meeting with him, and we got him a bottle, told him what, what our plans were. And at this time, we didn't have any uh, we didn't have any bottles yet. We didn't have any labels. We were uh, it's the funniest story. We were putting it in these little liquor bottles, these twelve ounce bottles we were buying from Walgreens. We were dumping out the liquor and putting it in there. And uh, we brought him a bottle, and he called us the next day, and he said, "Man, this stuff is absolutely amazing. Can you get me a case of it?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he gets a case. So we go, we run to Walgreens Liquor in Key West. Pick up twelve more of these bottles, dump them all out in the pitchers because uh, we don't want to abuse the alcohol and throw it away. So we dump it all in the pitchers and uh, cleaned the bottles out, got it, got them sanitized, loaded them up, got the labels off of them, loaded them up with W sauce, made a fresh batch, dropped off a case to Donnie, and three days later the buyer 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 from Rouse's calls us and was like, "Hey, we want to put that in the stores." And uh, Donnie took a chance with us and believed in us, and I mean we owe, we owe that to a, bit, a nice big start. Coming out in sixty eight grocery stores is pretty uh yeah. pretty epic in my opinion. I mean after being in the business and seeing how hard it is and the struggle you do to try to get stores to carry your product, um it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, it's been it's been a good ride ever since. I agree with you hundred percent. A lot of people think oh that's that can't be that bad getting that product on a shelf somewhere in a grocery store chain. And it's like, you can get it in a mom and pops. I'm going to say fairly easy if you've got a good product, but those grocery store chains are ruthless. And we deal with, I don't know, well over a dozen now, yeah. uh, 15, somewhere like that. And it's uh, every day we find out something new in the business. If you know what I mean, it's like, Oh, we didn't see that on that page documentation. You didn't tell us that. But the amazing thing is none of them do it the same way. I mean, every single chain, it, it is from start to finish, night and day difference. They, they do nothing the same. It's different. The only thing they do the same is communicate via EDI. But other than that, getting into a grocery store is you have to learn. You have to get intimately involved before you actually even make it through the door. So it's been a fun learning experience. We got it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> so you have the W sauce and then you have the Fire Shire and the Vegan Shire. So yep. that are those varieties something that your family made, or is that something that you guys decided to do after the fact of the original one? Well, the, the fire shire was the, <laughs> was a mistake. So like it was like the third, it was like the third batch third that batch. we made, and we like 
put a lot more habaneros in there. We we must just we, messed we, up, mis- miscalculated. We don't and, remember exactly how much more we put in there. We tried to recreate it after that. We never could. We we yeah. we maybe been in Key West a little bit too much that night. And uh, yeah. had, a, had a couple of drinks, and we made this batch. We both woke up the next day, and I came over to his house, and we tried. We're both like, oh, my God. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely really <laughs> We can never recreate it. So we're it like, took, we, got, we got fire shower, you know? <laughs> now we got to figure out a recipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now we got to figure out what we did. Yeah. And uh, tried to reverse engineer how many peppers do we have left like in the ten, fridge. Ten <laughs> it, was, uh, it was funny. But uh, yeah, then Firestar came out, and Veganshire just came to be because uh, we 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 do a lot of events. We try and show up as much as we possibly can. We used to do a lot of a lot of the egg fests and whatnot around the around the Florida area. Um, and every time I do send an event, somebody come up to us and be like, "Hey, I can't eat anchovies, and there can't eat fish. I have a fish allergy." And so I would go home and make him a non-anchovy batch from scratch on the stove and just mail it to him for free. And you know, we heard it enough to the point where we figured we needed to come out with a Veganshire, and the Veganshire. We weren't really aiming for vegans. I hate to admit that. You know, I understand that, you know, there are some out there, but um, it was more for the fish allergy and it just became a thing. And uh, it's great. I mean, it does great. It does. It does well when we when we put it in natural stores and it does well on Amazon and whatnot. But we don't run out there pushing it too much. Yeah, I had somebody I didn't I didn't respond to the comment yet. I don't know if someone on the team did, but someone wrote in the other day. We made an announcement. We had it online available now can't yeah. believe you're carrying a vegan product and I, and I was like i just sat down on the patio with you know cocktail, and i was like you know what i'm gonna let this stone lie to tomorrow right i'm not complaining to this gentleman that actually is a fish allergy and is that's the reason it was created and yeah, you know good. some people just don't realize they they don't they don't think before they speak i don't think on some of those products like that yeah, and I didn't realize fish allergies were so prevalent. They're actually pretty yeah. pretty prevalent, but you know, I guess the, the surroundings we have, we don't see many fish allergies in Key West and around the areas when you're fishing. So, yes. yeah, right. no, we just don't know we have it. Are there any new products coming? At, uh, you know? Breakfast sauce and bre- breakfast sauce and breakfast sauce two came out. Um, we have we've been working on Bloody Mary mix for a very very long time. Um, it's really hard to, in my opinion, to make a good Bloody Mary mix because uh, we won't use preservatives. Everything we do with our products is super clean. Um, there's a lot of headaches we could save if we want to dump some preservatives in it, but we don't. Um, and Bloody Mary mix unpreserved means you have to do a, a hot fill on it, and when you hot fill it, it kind of changes the flavor and brings different things forward that you don't want. So we've been working on the Bloody Mary, Mary mix for a long time. Um, I'm hoping by the time you guys come down here for the rub and tug that we'll, uh, we'll have Bloody Mary mix in a bottle, at least to give you guys, I don't think it'll be for sale yet, but, uh, we've got a great flavor now. Um, we just got to get bottled and labeled and hopefully we'll have it in time to give you guys some samples. A lot of people don't realize how much testing actually goes into these food products, creating them. Did y'all know once you got started in this, how much actually regulations and, and like, scaling a recipe from small to large how much <laughs> easiness is involved in all that it's a lot of work i mean you can go you can, we can make a we can make a one gallon batch and then we go to make a you know a, a, just a, to step it up a hundred gallon batch all of a sudden we're getting too much clove or it's too sweet or it's too this so you constantly have to change that when you're doing you know when you're growing your bat size um i think w sauce was actually pretty forgiving in the beginning it was a good way for us to start while it's a hard product to make it's 50 percent vinegar so the acidity level of it keeps it to where we don't have to play with too much as far as uh preservatives and stuff like that 
um, when you start making different products, you start to realize, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I've always tried to eat healthy in my life and I've, uh, I've always tried to, you know, stay away from preservatives and different pieces, different things like that. And you realize once you start making food that the FDA regulations push us to put preservatives in things, or it's really hard to make it work. Um, and it, it, we've stuck true to our label and keeping things really clean and keeping those, those, those preservatives and those chemicals out of any product that we make, uh, which outside of the W sauce, which means breakfast sauce and Bloody Mary has given us some headaches, but we're going to stick true to that. Cause I just, I, I don't think you need preservatives. There's a lot of things you don't need in your food nowadays that the FDA forces food manufacturers to shove in there or work harder or pay more to manufacture it. Yeah, that's definitely a thing with us with like MSG. I started off developing rubs, putting accent in them, right? Yeah, yeah, we did MSG. I love accent. <laughs> you know, I, I love accent too. And so for my competition grade rubs, when I were building the first six or seven rubs, I used accent in them. Yeah. Well, then you start getting some of the people when you start gaining a little traction, you know, kind of complaining about it. Well, I do kind of understand it to a certain point, but also at a certain point, MSG occurs naturally in tomatoes, cheese, seaweed, which they would originated from seaweed. And I don't know, it's, it's almost like a higher, I don't want to get scalded for saying this, but it's almost like a more potent version of salt is what I explain yeah. to people, a Japanese yeah. version of salt. It's a flavor enhancer. And yeah. uh, I, I get with some of the allergies that some people have kind of like the peanut allergies, but it's not nowhere near as graphic as people t describe it as, I guess is a, a better way to yeah. say it. Yeah. I think, uh, I think MSG is, you know, it's, it's in a lot of the barbecue. It's a, it's in a ton of the rubs. And I think you, I, the way I look, I've looked at the field, I've looked at the ingredient panel of everything. And it's like, you almost have to have MSG in your product when you're making a barbecue rub because you can't compete on flavor without it. Um, uh, it's, you know, with the sauces, we can, but um, with the rubs, I don't see how you guys would make a successful rub without putting MSG in it. Well, we've, we've got, is it eight with MSG? And then I have, or seven with MSG. And then the remainder don't have msg and i think it depends on the type of product you're building also yep. and amount of salt content because you can replace the msg with salt as long as it's not a 50 percent salt rub like you're talking about vinegar right yeah i'll know that that a great example is like cajun rubs we know that they're 50 percent salt and that's why you see cajun rubs are manufactured a lot cheaper than than some of your other stuff yeah, I, the opposite route on one of my like the Cajun Creole garlic butter. I didn't put as much salt and try to put more butter and flavors into it, which made it a lot more expensive for me to manufacture. It's expensive, but it's good. <laughs> I can imagine it's that. good. It's good, and I, I tried to keep it with that. But I, you know, a lot of people go, "Oh, it's a Cajun rub. It should be cheap." And I'm like, "No, it it's not cheap. It's very expensive to manufacture because the butter buds in it." Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of learning curve. A lot of people don't understand that manufacturing. Into things. It's it's a it's a giant pain. I mean, I can't even imagine. But uh, yeah, I actually was playing. I, I I started deep diving a couple months ago into MSG because I wanted to see why every rub has it, right? Now you know my wife claims that when she eats MSG, she she feels sick. So I went into this deep dive to figure it out. And if you look at what uh, MSG is, it's seaweed extract. It, the re it came to be from seaweed. If you look at the history of of MSG, um, there they used to put seaweed on their food and they couldn't get seaweed for a while. The farms had been, you know, upset or something like that. So they, uh, scientists started isolating the different compounds in seaweed and found MSG was what was giving it the umami flavor enhancer. And so I started playing with different types of seaweed. And I actually found a seaweed that if it's ground up right, you can actually replace MSG in the flavor, but it's expensive. So either, I'm going to go down the long road. Sorry about that. 
Wow. I mean, you may have to dive into that later on together then. That's inter- oh, I'm I, interested I, in things like that. The rabbit hole is real. Uh, yeah. It's, I've actually, uh, I, I mean, it, it really replaces it well. Um, and you can, you can do it inexpensively, but it's, it's large purchase lots and whatnot. Well, I'm not, I will never make rubs. I'm never, ever going to try and make a rub. It was just something I got obsessed about and started playing with. <laughs> For sure. Well, look, one of the main things that we want to talk to you guys about, tell us about the rub and tug event coming up. <laughs> it's a, uh, it, it came from a small little joke at a pizza place we were having dinner at. And uh, we had been fishing with Matt Pittman um, that day. And he had caught a tarpon, and we got beautiful footage of this tarpon. I don't know if you guys know. It's a big game fish down here. Bear's kind of good at catching them. He might be known for it. Maybe. Maybe, just a little bit. Um, so we caught this tarpon, and we got footage of it. We're sitting there talking about it. Let's come up with a little tournament idea that we, we had. At the same time, we had so many people who have helped W Sauce down the road. I mean, we owe everybody a huge thank you because everybody knows about W Sauce because of you guys, not because of us. Um, and I wanted to do something to thank the community and bring some guys down and have fun and go fishing. Um, and then over talking about it, we kept mulling it back and forth and it just kind of grew and grew and it became a charity event. Um, National Pediatric Cancer Foundation is a charity we chose for the event. I've worked with them a lot in the past. They do a lot of great things for kids with cancer. They do a lot of, they, they fund a lot of uh, studies into cure. Um, they're, they're a great organization and the, you know, the lion's share of their funds that they, that they raise go into, the cause, right? Um, if you do some background research on them, you'll see that I think it's 81 or 89% of every dollar raised goes directly to funding the cure, <clears throat> um, which is huge. And so we started to put this event together um, and we reached out to, because uh, we knew Matt Pittman was going to be in for me church 100%. Um, we reached out to a couple other people we knew and it just started to grow from there. And a lot of the barbecue community got behind it and did some amazing things. Um, so the, the, Tournament's a three-day event. The first day is fishing. Um, so eight in the morning, everybody's getting everybody's getting their respective teams on a guided boat. So we'll have Team Heath Riles, Teams Meat Church, Team uh, Stale Crackers going to be there. Um, all the different teams will be there. I'm going to get their boats. We're going to go fishing. Everybody's going to come back that day. Obviously, the fish you catch are going to go towards points. Um, come back that day. We have some really cool stuff set up. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen after the fishing that day, but we have some cool places in Key West. I want to do tours and take you through handmade cigars. Um, we have some other yachts that may be there and we can do some different things on after that. The second day is our lobstering tournament. Um, so down here, lobster season is kind of a big deal. We have Caribbean lobsters. They're really kind of easy to catch and, you know, skinny water, three, four, five feet of water. You can get lobster. Um, and then at 12 o'clock that day, everybody's going to meet at Marvin Key Sandbar, which is a big, beautiful Caribbean-looking sandbar down here in the Keys. And we're going to have Big Green Egg set up all over the island. I think Big Green Egg is setting up 15 Minimaxes. Uh, Loco is bringing a boiler and a griddle. Um, all that's going to get set up. Everybody's going to have some fun out there. You guys can choose to cook whatever you want. So there's going to be lobster tails available, obviously, fish from day one. Uh, RC Ranch, one of our big neat sponsors, bringing tomahawks. Uh, Compart's bringing some pork products down as well. You guys can just cook, have a good day. We're going to have a couple chefs out there who are great at cooking Caribbean lobster and have a lot of experience. Um, who's going to be out there just to, to cook some stuff for you guys as well. Um, day three is a, a, a fun barbecue competition between all you guys. So we're setting up 15, actually 30 big green eggs around the pools at this beautiful resort called Ocean's Edge. And there's going to be beef and pork provided. Everybody can cook it any way they want. It's going to be 
slightly judged. It's going to be more of a fun competition. But at the end of this whole thing, your points for your lobster, your points for your fish, and your points for your food come together. And we got a grand champion. We've got a really cool trophy that we're building right now. <laughs> Some really cool stuff. Um, but the, the, the the charity's really going to win out on all this. We're raising some great money. We have great sponsors. Um, if you go to Rub and Tug Invitational, you can see all the sponsors who are there, all the teams who are competing. Um, but at the end of this thing, I, I, there's going to be a really nice nice check handed over to NPCF, which is really cool. That'll be good. I'm looking forward to being there and, um, and doing the lobstering. And I've, uh, I've never caught any tarpon. Uh, I've been deep sea fishing several times and probably going next week, to be honest with you, in Arnie. <laughs> Uh-oh, yeah. red snapper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I know I Norm's that. always done real well with you, Bear, tarpon fishing. I never knew Matt fished with y'all a lot or Jim Compart until I got to talking to several people. Big Jim. <laughs> My man, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, tarpon's still here. I've seen some big tarpon in the flats. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know if they're biting. you got to ask him. I haven't touched a fishing rod since we launched this company two years ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, Burton's been fishless. I have not, I have not, I have not been a rod. Even that day, we're out there fishing with Matt. I still didn't even touch a fishing rod. I haven't touched one in literally two and a half years, probably. Um, which is sad because I used to fish this all the every time. day. Yeah. <laughs> so the rub and tug, you kind of told us, and just conversations that you and I have had. You, you guys plan for this to kind of become an annual thing, right? Oh yeah, it's Hopefully. good. To, yeah. Invitational event, obviously, uh, you know, all the teams are going to be invited every year. Um, it's going to grow and probably change a little bit from the first year to the second year as it, as it grows in popularity. We've had a lot of sponsors who would have come in this year, but they didn't have time to get in, which will allow us to do some different things and maybe change the structure of how we're doing it. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be know, an annual event. And, they're, they're, you know, QS has a lot to offer fishing-wise, too, you know. So, like, we're going on, like, bay boats this year, and, you know, there's options for a lot more other things, you know, down the road. And, yeah, this year's going to be all bay boat class. Yeah. Next year should be offshore, probably, yeah, probably offshore class, like 32 and up, going out, going going for the big fish. Mix it up, see what everybody likes to do, and then yeah. kind of keep going with it. Yep. That'll be fun. I've been close to 400 miles out before, and I don't think I want to do that again. Uh, no. no, that's it. That's a lot of fuel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, I think we went 370, actually, and we went out around the oil wells and fished for tuna late at night you know fished our way all the way out and then fished for like six hours and then i remember it was a 13 hour boat ride back to the shore wow yeah, uh, it's, it's a long day where were we out of we went out of uh texas out of galveston and yeah. went out. see down here you don't have to go that far down here i mean we're everything's you know you're, you're out past the reef line in six miles so yep. um you know you start dropping fast past that yeah, that's a lot better for me. That that thirteen hour boat ride back was a killer. <laughs> it's a long ride, especially after you've been fishing. You got you, you get wore out on the way out, then you fish, you're even more wore out, and you got to come back in thirteen hours. It's a it's a haul. We were gone forty four hours on the water. Yeah. Oh wow. That's yeah. serious. I mean, we yeah. slept on the boat and drank on the boat and drank on the boat and slept on the boat <laughs> drank on the boat <laughs> and ate that was it. yeah and drank on the did i say drank on the boat <laughs> i think you did once or once yeah. yeah just once but i mean yeah yeah we know how it goes on boats we uh yeah we had some fun times down here quarantine we uh nobody was working we were all out there fishing oh, yeah. the fishing was amazing i'm gonna tell you right now it was i mean we were catching fish in places you were pushing sure. and uh so we did we, we drank a lot we processed a lot of beer is the way i like to put it yeah 
That, that would probably be a good way to put it. I know we were we processed a lot of wine and beer during COVID. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, down the, as soon as they started talking about the, the shutdown, I looked at my wife because we get like this like first leaf or whatever wine delivery every month, and I was like, I double down. That's <laughs> it. You're at home and there's nothing going on. It's like go ahead and crack that bottle and you finish it. I'm like, ah, yeah, open another one. Go ahead, yeah, open another yeah, one. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah, yeah just keep it going. Yeah. Crank those numbers up. Yeah, we yeah. uh. We definitely processed some beer. We caught yeah. some fish. Yeah, we did. A lot of fish. Amazing fish. What was that? Over 20 sailfish that one day. We were, yeah, I think 30, 32. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, look, we don't want to take no more of your, your guys' time up or anything like that. Uh, Candice, do you have any more questions or anything? No, I asked most of my questions. Um, you know, of course, we'll see y'all in a few weeks coming up. And yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to it. You ready, ready, ready to do some lobstering? I'm ready to do it. I even got a GoPro so I can dive off the boat <laughs> into the water. I think we're going to Except it's not going to be a dive. It's going to be like a belly flop. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we roll. You know? I think we're going to be putting GoPros on everybody. GoPro is the last-minute sponsor. They came in uh, last minute for us. Oh, cool. so, Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we got GoPro. I mean, we got a lot of great companies. Hook, Yeti, RC Ranch, um, Compart, obviously. It's, yeah, the list is – I don't want to start naming because I'll forget some and – Everybody's been tremendously, uh, tremendous. They've been very helpful for us. So it's been Good awesome. Deal. Good deal. Well, I'm going to ship some stuff to your house coming up, Barry. I hope that's all right. Absolutely. It'll be, <laughs> be there when you get here. That'll work. That'll work. Okay. I want to make sure I want to make sure I got a good cold Yeti cooler. You know what I mean? That, yes, sir. He's gonna see your sad little V8 energy addiction. He was like, "Have you have you shipped uh, that stuff to Bear's house yet? I gotta have my V8 energies while I'm there." <laughs> like, oh, well, they go no, good with vodka. It. They go good for breakfast, <laughs> for lunch. I mean, it is what it is. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna crack into those and see what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you're a peach mango fan, they're the peach mango V8s, and they're only like 40 calories or something, but they're know. great. That's awesome. And yeah, they're great with vodka. Really good. With vodka? Yeah, with vodka. <laughs> well, peach mango is perfect with vodka. It's been so hot lately. I've been doing Gatorade vodka. It's uh, trying to stay hydrated down here. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We do about water and vodka, and add a little bit of mio. Yep. Mio, yeah, yeah. You can do any flavor you want. It's a it's a, it's a travel package. <laughs> Travel's easy. Okay. Well, look, I appreciate you guys coming on. I will see y'all in a few weeks, and I can't wait to uh, to get this going. And I look forward to a, a trip every year. Well, thanks for having us, and uh, thanks for everything. You guys have been tremendous supporters of us, and I greatly appreciate it. It's, it's humbling to have everybody behind us that's gotten behind us, and. We definitely want to thank you guys. Hey, well, thank y'all. And we'll see y'all in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll get the party started right. <laughs> All right. That's talk it, man. Look forward to it. Yep. So I think at the end of last season, we started a mailbag segment that, um, you know, where people write in on social media some questions they want to ask you. So I've got some of those questions this time for you. Oh, boy. Question one is from Chad Cox on Facebook. Do you ever look at this as work or something that you love to do? I honestly look at this as something I love to do. Uh, as you know, I wake up without an alarm clock every day, seven days a week. And if you didn't complain at me that much, I would probably come to the office seven days a week. Uh, just because I know I can't do that with everything we have going on with the family, but um, yes, I am bedded in my work and it does not feel like work. Uh, barbecue is fun. I've kept it fun 
And uh, I think that's one thing that's really, really helped us, just keeping it fun. Carrie on Facebook, Carrie Chastain. What win was your first win, and which one means the most to you? Oh, wow. Well, my very first win on my own under my team name would have been uh, Murfreesboro 2013. Would have been my first grand, really, as myself as a head cook. And it's a very memorable cook. You know, I love going back there. Um, I'm going to say, though, one of the most memorable cooks first off that I had, just because there were so many local people there, that, you know, there's a lot of them I'm going to say in the top five, or the top five I can name off pretty easy. But the one that's coming to me at this exact moment is not only the pig jig win when Pat Burke called me minutes after I won it and he was not even there would be uh, winning Springfest, winning both of them back-to-back uh, to, back to NBN and the KCBS contest that day. Yeah, um, I, I agree. But I feel like another win that, I mean, some people, I don't know. But, I mean, it wasn't like a grand champion win, but still winning first-place ribs at Memphis in May. I, I feel like go knowing that you have top three at Memphis in May is a feeling like no other to me. Um I know a long, long time ago when we used to cook with a different team, we made finals in Hog, and even then, like, I remember that feeling then, which it was different, but, you know, it's just a feeling that you don't – I don't get at other contests. I shouldn't say you. I don't. I just feel like that's, it's just different. I agree. Making finals at Memphis in May is something that will almost send a cold chill over you and run chill bumps out on your arms, and it kind of does me talking make about cry. it. <laughs> it mean, makes I've people cry. It makes people happy. It makes people sad. It'll piss scared. you off. Some people uh, get scared. scared. They don't know what to do. Some people can't talk. Uh, I don't have that problem with the talking part. I, I know, you talk too much <laughs> all the time. Even talk in your sleep sometimes. It happens. All right. Uh, next question is from Tim Braden on Facebook, which Tim was actually at Memphis today with us. Uh, what's your favorite part about competing? Meeting old friends, new friends, the opportunity to share your passion with others, or just the big check trophy? Well, I'm going to say that I don't look at the trophy or the check as really something. If if we Not win the check, it, for sure, but there have been trophies out there. You're like, man, I'd love to have one of those. Unique trophies at unique contests. You know, I've went on trophy hunts before to get some of these unique trophies some we never got those contests went away you're never going to get them now never going to get them but everyone else i set out and i got that trophy i've wanted so far yeah i don't know the best thing about going to barbecue contests i do think is is seeing everybody everybody and making new friends because barbecue is a community that is all about friends family and food and so when you have that i feel like it's just it creates that warm, fuzzy feeling inside of me that you don't get at a lot of other events yeah. that I go to. Which rub from your lineup is your favorite? It's from Bruce on Facebook. I would I don't know how to say it. Sh- Chalet, Bruce Chalet. I may be saying that wrong. Well, Sheely. That is such a hard question to answer. Uh, what is my favorite rub? Because I classify. No, what rub from your lineup is yeah. your favorite? I know what rub from my lineup, and and it's hard for me to classify that because I have a variety of AP type rubs, and then I have my other rubs. I feel like I know what you use the most. 
but I don't know uh, that that's your I favorite. I use a lot of simple citrus. Yes. Uh, you use it often on everything, but I don't know that it's your favorite. I think garlic jalapeno is my favorite. Pecan's my favorite. I know y'all didn't ask, but I'm telling you. <laughs> um, all right, next question. What is the best word of advice for someone... I'm sorry. What is the best word of advice that someone has ever given you? This is from Take It Easy Barbecue on Facebook. Um, it's done when it's done. There is no timeline. That's true. And I feel like that goes back to you have to learn the feel of things, like just everything in general. Like it's like hard. ribs. When you taught me how to cook ribs, you can look at a temperature gauge all day long, but they might read a certain number, but they don't feel right. So it's That's just, right. it all goes back to the, that piece of meat and how it was treated all that. And, all that. It's and it's very, very hard. You're, you're my wife and you know how much I put in the ribs as in general. And I know you've seen me cook brisket and butts and everything else contest wise chicken, but ribs teaching you that because I was always messing with the big meats uh, amongst that. It's hard to teach feel to somebody. Yeah. For sure. And so now that you've been cooking. I feel like you have to stand there with that person. To be able to feel it. For a really long time. To feel it right after they feel it. To understand. like, Or you just have to learn it on your own. Which is just going to take a really long time. I mean. It's hard. But that's part of it. I guess. Yeah. So I think the best best advice is don't. Meat is done when it's done. You're, you're cooking to tenderness. And every piece of meat is treated differently. Or the life of the animal. Done when it's done when you're talking about competition. Yeah. I guess. Done when it's done. You got to give yourself time, and resting meat is not ever going to hurt it. What rub is the closest to a taco seasoning? Preston on Facebook. If I had to go taco season, I like a little bit more pepper. So I'm going to combine my, believe it or not, beef and chicken rubs. Yeah, I was thinking beef rub for sure. Yeah, I, the chicken I always has go the chicken because of the, all the herbs in it, and it, it's almost like a southwestern type rub to begin with, with a little bit of brown sugar added to it, but it don't have enough not to. Not real sweet. No, it's not sweet at all, uh, but it has just a smidge in it. And if you take the beef rub that's so powerful with the pepper and the paprika and the chili powder and mix with it, uh, you know I've used it as a taco seasoning several times. It's not a fine grind, but it's really yeah. good on skirt steaks and stuff like that. Um. I think this is a good question, but I knowing you, you're probably not <laughs> going to be able to answer all of this question, but it's from Shane LeClaire, and he wants to know the top 10 songs on your go-to playlist when you're cooking. And uh, I know you're not going to know, you're probably not even going to know the names of 10 songs, but let's just see what you say. You know what? <laughs> he knows what he likes, but he doesn't ever know the name or who sings it hardly. You know what? I'm not even Unless gonna, it's Stevie Nicks, then I'm, he knows. I'm not even going to attempt. You know Fleetwood Mac is on that. All right, but I'm not even going to attempt to answer that question. I would much what? rather write them down oh, to gosh. answer them to be fully going. So I'm going to come back to that question next time. You save it. And okay, so on the songs. next podcast, we're yep. going to go back to this question. You're going to have 10 songs written down ten for songs. Shane to know. 10 songs. Okay. We'll ten see. Songs. Um, Just know that my last song is all I do is win, win, win. Oh, gosh. Put it down there. I guess this will be the last question, just kind of reading through. And I feel like... If if they watch your videos, they would maybe know the answer, but it's kind of an older video. But uh, Dan Wright on Facebook wants to know, drummies or flats? <laughs> drummies are for dummies. <laughs> I'm a flat man all the way, 110%. Uh, I just don't like all the uh, 
cartilage and end meat on usually it's on the end of the drummy part. Yeah. So the I flat agree. is, uh, and I like leaving the wing tip on my flats, believe it or not, and a lot of people don't. That's just me. All right. Well, that's all the questions that I have today. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed uh, the kickoff of Season 2 podcast with Baron Burton and uh, me and Candace here. And you're going to be very surprised at some of the guests we have on for Season 2 and some of the things we have in store for you. I'll see you all next week with another podcast, and we'll be ready to shoot the cue. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.